Hi, welcome to Tales of a New DM. My name's Anthony, and today we have uh, Amy as our guest. How you going, Amy? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm not too bad. <laughs> not too bad at all. Um, from what I understand, you are part of a podcasting group at the moment. Yeah, um, our our podcast, Wild Endeavors. Um, we just finished our Shadows campaign, which uh, is technically has two seasons, um, but within all of that, there's a couple of one-shots, which is where I got my first DM experience. Um, so that was super exciting for me. Nice. What type of one-shots did you run? Um, they're mostly holiday-themed, so my first one, because my DM was like, uh, since we've been playing for almost three no like three years on june 1st or whatever tabletop day is is when we started playing um so we're about to be hit three years and he was complaining that he doesn't really get to play any so i was like well i'll step up and try my dming skills uh so my first one was a halloween one shot um it's vampire themed so it was basically like vampires as the good guys instead of the bad guys which i know is different from all the modules and stuff so it was that's basically doing like a homebrew of my first DMing experience, which was super fun. Nice, nice. Had you DMed anything prior to that, or was that your first sort of sit-down? Nope, that was my very first experience. How'd you find it? Um, uh, well, luckily, my DM, uh, Thomas Marsetti, uh, he is super helpful. Like, he was super helpful with me, like, with... Uh, me trying to figure out how to go about DMing and like what I need to know and all that kind of um, like the nuts nuts and bolts of everything. Um, And it was basically just like we wanted to keep it in the same world that our um, other campaigns are in. So I just basically just picked a spot uh, and made up a whole story and figured out the stats and just kind of went with it. So How, How long did it take in terms of prep work? Do you reckon for the for the one shot? Oh, that one. Um, I think it took me about two weeks, just because that was my first one and I didn't know what I was doing super well. Um, so I had to do a lot of research about like what goes in where and how long I should like expect uh, battles and stuff to take um, and that kind of thing because I didn't have really any experience in that of that realm and I wanted to keep it down to like just one session, which was, which typically do like four hours. Um, so I had to figure out how to fit all of what I wanted to do into it, like the four hour span and make it good and make it fun for everyone. Um, and I think it turned out really well, actually. So I was happy with it. How, how much of the stuff did you, that you prepped ended up just being completely dismissed or not used? Um, surprisingly only like, one page of notes was ignored um, just because we were running out of time and uh, I might have done a little bit more damage than I expected to do on the characters. So I was like, I don't want to kill everyone completely <laughs> for this one shot. Uh, so yeah, I, I dished one one page of notes and there was like a one separate battle that would have been in that and um, a couple other things that was skipped. Nice. Very nice. Uh, you said you've run a couple of other one shots since. Yes, um, we did a Christmas one, which was one of the other ones that I was actually super excited about. Um, that was basically—I uh, don't know if 
the abominable snowman is a thing in Australia? Have heard of it. Okay. Um, well, it's a bigger thing here, uh, I guess. And it was basically themed after that and like the, the um, Frosty the Snowman kind of thing, sort of luring the children away. Um, so this group of strangers get together and they try to find the snowman that's throwing all the children out of town to like murder them. It ends up being like a lich spoiler alert. Um, and then we've also done or about to do one that was kind of Easter themed, uh, that kind of plays off of, I don't know if you are familiar with Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Um, yes. And if okay. anyone, and if anyone is out there and has not watched it, shame on you. Fantastic. Exactly. Um, so the Easter one sort of played off their attack bunny kind of thing there. Um, so that's super fun. And then right now I'm currently writing um, a Sharknado-esque uh, one shot that will be ready for Shark Week in July. Um, nice. So we're planning on playing that one within the next few weeks. Um, whenever we can all get together again. Everybody's kind of busy right now. but um, So yeah, so those are the most yeah those are the ones that i've done so far um nice have you have you looked into running your own campaign at some point uh well actually i am <laughs> uh one of my other friends that isn't part of my my main group um that i started playing D D with um they wanted to get into D D, and they're like we're not really experienced uh do you feel like you're experienced enough to be our dm for this first campaign and i was like uh sure why not um, so this, so that was my first time really like planning a campaign, um, which is, it also ended up being homebrew, which I have come to realize may not always be the best decision, but, <laughs> um, I, I don't know. It, it isn't, it isn't, there's just a, so much planning going into like a homebrew session versus like playing out of a module. Um, I've never actually DM'd out of a module, um, so- just because surprising okay. surprisingly there's a lot of prep in a module as well so really? yeah okay. uh the one thing that i found in a module is it, it it's a different kind of prep like with a mm-hmm. with a homebrew you sort of get to um there's a little more improv like if you're if you're not quite as prepped you can still sort of run it whereas with yeah. a with a module you sort of need to know what's happening in the book otherwise you're just sort of reading from a book when you're when you're running the game so it, it, it's different it's very different i wouldn't i definitely wouldn't say it's less prep <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean like i've i've never run one so i don't know um but like i said we're uh i think we're five sessions in with this second campaign that i'm running well this first full campaign that i'm running yeah um and that one's sort of mostly dragon themed um that's right direction i'm going with that one well, it's so. it's in the name dungeons and dragons so yeah <laughs> dragon dragons and, work yeah like i um as a player uh we haven't come across actually too many dragons in most of our campaign um so i kind of wanted to explore more of that with uh the second group that i'm dming uh and i thought that was a great way for me to also learn more about stuff that goes on in Dungeons and Dragons that I haven't experienced and that I thought that was really important. So uh, nice. that's why I went that direction with those. Nice. So you're about five sessions in, you said. 
Yes. Um, we're going to have two. It's supposed to only be two more. Hopefully we can wrap it up. And then um, it's, it's basically they have to find something at what was a temple of each type of dragon. Um, so we've gone through most of the dragon temples. Um, cool. And there's going to be a big fight at the end that I haven't completely planned out yet. <laughs> but like That's I've right. got a rough outline. Um, just small details that I've got to put in there. I find rough outlines work really well. Like, you, yeah. it's just, as long as you've got an idea of where they need to end up at some point, then it, you can sort of, you can sort of, like, just push them in that direction at some point. Like, you don't need to, you don't need to have a, oh, we've, we've reached this time, you need to go and do this now, <laughs> type thing. I have had one situation where I was a little frustrated because, like, um, I presented, like, a NPC who had, like, a clue to where they were supposed to go next, and they just completely hated the character so much they w- that they wouldn't listen to anything the character said. And I was like, well, this is going to end terribly. <laughs> so, so I was like, I have no idea uh, what direction to, like, send them toward if they just leave this person behind. So um, I sort of, like, dropped the hint that they had extra information probably pushing them farther than i needed to um i should just let it played out but i don't that's, know i just kind of went with it that's that's one of the difficulties of um of npcs is you don't know like you expect your characters to react in certain ways when they meet an npc and very often they will they will surprise you like your players will surprise you how how they respond uh i had I've had a number of NPCs where they've just, in the same situation, just not liked the person at all and uh, completely missed a whole different track of either storyline or places they could go purely because they decided, no, I don't like this person. I'm not going to talk to them today. Yeah. Um, and I've, I mean, I feel like I've done the same thing as a player because <laughs> I've heard that from my DM that he's like, here's this four or five pages of notes that we're totally skipping because y- y'all didn't want to talk to this person. Um, and then I get to experience it on the DM side and I'm like, oh, I get it now. Like this kind of sucks. Um, have you, have you had a, have you had an instance where they've not, I guess the best way of putting it is where you expect them to like kill an NPC, but they actually don't. Like, you, like you put them as an enemy, and they sort of do the opposite of what you expect. Um, I haven't had that, but I have had a situation where they killed the person when I expected them not to, just because they were irritated with how they were <laughs> answering questions, and I was like, "Well, okay." Um, and this person was going to, like, give you a key to, like, let you into this super secret treasure place, and they just killed the person. I was like, well, all right. Do there you, goes that plan. Do you tell your players the stuff that you that they, they've missed out on, or do you sort of leave that till it's well past? Um, I don't tell them immediately, but, like, at the end of the session or, like, after – or at the start of the next session or, like, once everything's, like, calmed down – um, or we're back to like normal life. I'll be like, yeah, you remember that person that y'all killed? Yeah, then you 
could have gotten all this information out of them and all these weapons and extra gold. And they're like, oh, my God, why would we do this? <laughs> yeah, well. it's, it's super fun. I love, uh, I love taunting the players a little bit. I, I, yeah. I like to not tell them explicitly. I'll just be like, so you guys missed out on a few things last session. <laughs> <laughs> oh what what do you mean what did we miss out on oh never mind it's okay you'll find out later <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love that like after i tell them like what they missed they'll be like oh so can we go back and i'm like no like that's that's over now you have to move on like it didn't happen like i'm telling you this information not your characters so do with it what you will yep yep maybe maybe make some better choices going forward <laughs> I feel like that never happens though. People always make terrible choices. But but I guess it's it's terrible choices um for like in retrospect. Like it, and it's always ter- a terrible choice that doesn't give you the expected expected answer or result. But storyline-wise, like you may be mid-game and they just it's like it's like when they like press a button or pull a lever or talk to someone that they shouldn't be talking to and you know what's going to happen and you're just sitting there with a cheeky grin basically just going yeah you can do that it's fine like <laughs> that, that nothing nothing yeah. bad is ever going to come from this i'm sure <laughs> yeah this is the best and like I know there's a trap coming and they're like, yeah, this is, this is totally good for us just to walk into this room and like start a firebolt or something like that's I'm like, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Somebody's going to die. Yep. yep. How do you find, uh, how do you find uh, creating character, uh, like NPC characters and sort of playing them out in game? Um, I feel like creating the character itself is, like, it's not super difficult for me. Um, For whatever reason, and I don't know why I always get stuck on this, is, like, when I'm creating names for characters, it takes me, like, eons to find one that I feel like fits the character that I'm trying to portray perfectly. Um, So, yeah, I I get a a character in mind. Um, That takes me a little while. And then trying to... Um, portray that personality um, as much as I want to during game can also be a little difficult for me which is one of the things that I feel like I have to work on as a DM is changing the personalities through NPCs enough to make it interesting and engaging Uh, and that's I don't know that's I guess watching videos is the best way to kind of learn how to do that better or just practicing in general. Um, other than that, yeah, it's 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 one of those things where it's trying to your NPCs are NPCs, so you, you kind of want each one to be memorable, but at the same time, like they're also like a lot of these people your your characters are running into can be just general public type people that aren't right. necessarily very interesting. Or don't have a lot of information, so it's. I find it interesting and difficult sometimes, trying to balance. Uh, all these people you talk to have really interesting and cool stuff for you, against. Oh yeah, you're just talking to. 
uh, you know, a guy that's not interested in your adventure, has no relevant information, and just wants to sell you a potion. Right. You know? uh, like not every not every storekeeper or blacksmith has to has to be memorable, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it always makes me think of the meme where there's uh like characters are talking to this one irrelevant NPC where the DM has spent actually like hours on a different NPC and that person's just completely ignored. Uh that's kind of how I feel sometimes. Um yep. that the ones that I like spend a lot of time on somehow get brushed aside and the ones that I'm just like there for color and the scene setting kind of situations, um, those somehow get picked up on. Yeah. <laughs> for whatever reason. So like I I'll make these characters that are like um like for example, uh, I made this like uh, one-legged pirate with an eye patch that was kind of a drunk that they like stuck onto more than uh, a different character that had the like the boat that they needed to get it on and like would take them to an island where they um, were able to find another uh, dragon's lair or whatever. Um, and I was like, okay here's the character you need to talk to, but they completely ignored that in favor of this random one that was just there for color. I was like, well, okay. I'll make something up, I guess. I'll put that one back in the pocket later, pull it out again later, maybe. (laughs) See how we go. Um, In terms of the, obviously, the campaign that you're running and the the one-shots that you've won, that you've run, is there anything that you... Uh, any any sort of uh, external influences that you pull from or things that inspire you during during creation? Um, well, obviously, uh, for our Easter slash spring rabbit one that was from Money Python, um, just overall for my one shots with my one group with the Wild Endeavors group. Um, I try to keep that within the world that we set, um, which is which has been named Aria, um, which has thousands of towns in it that we've we've tried to keep all of our one shots within the same world. Uh, but for inspiration wise, uh, for my vampire one, I kind of drew a little bit from the True Blood series, um, and then for our Christmas one shot. Um, I used a little bit of the Frosty the Snowman, (laughs) ironically enough. Um, I used like that old song as what I based off the character for the big boss that they had to end up fighting. Um, so I don't know. It's a lot of pulling from pop culture. Um, my campaign wise with the other group, um, I don't know if I really have too much outside sources other than just like trying to talk to other DMs to see what cool things they gave um, their players and like just reading up on what the different, because that one's mostly about dragons, like what cool stuff they would encounter in that certain, like the type of dragons region um, and that kind of thing. Uh, So I think that's mostly what I've drawn from for that. Nice. Nice. Cool. And I told you I'd screw up, 
So this is where I screw up, <laughs> and this will be all edited out. Because hey, it's fine. It is That's all what happens good. With podcast. This is this is why we don't Perfectly. do it live. <laughs> no, what's super funny is that like um, for our other stuff, we'll be in the middle of play, and one of the other players will be like, "Okay, just edit that out of the podcast," and then my DM will not actually edit it out of the podcast, which he just lets it play. Yeah, which is so much fun. Yeah, uh, but that's in part. Why actually? What's it? What's it like being part of a uh, like a live play podcast type environment? Um, I actually really really like it now. Um, originally, uh, we did not start it as a podcast because the campaign that is on our first two seasons um, started out as a spinoff to our like main campaign and we originally started recording it just because like we weren't playing as frequently as we wanted to. Um, and we're all kind of playing in different areas because our DM used to live in the same state as us. Like we're all, we're in Florida and like work together and stuff. Um, but then he got a job in Michigan, so we had to move. Um, so then we all just ended up recording it based off of that. And he's like, well, I've got some time and my current employer would like pay me to learn how to use podcasts so I can use this campaign to learn how to do that. And that's how that kind of ended up just turning into a podcast for us. And we kind of ran with it. Um, But now we are sort of like planning more stuff um, to use in as a podcast and like more podcast focused than we used to be. Um, cause before we used to just be total shenanigans, but, yeah. um, <laughs> now we're at least trying to think about what would be good for it. Um, I think it's working out really well so far. Do I you don't f- know. Do you find it changes the way you play? Um, hmm. A little, uh, I wouldn't think it changes like how we make decisions or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I think we're more conscious about what we're doing while we're playing and like how focused we are on the game um, and just trying not to do any sort of like, I don't know, because, you know, this is going to sound crazy because, um, <laughs> uh, you know, like it's just a small group and like you're not expecting anybody to hear it. And then people can speak more freely yeah. Um, but when you know you're, like, recording for, like, a reason, then you try to keep it contained. Uh, I feel like there might be a little bit of that, but for the most part, I feel like it's mostly the same of how we are, just, like, in real life. Um, so there might be less um, like, less cross-table talk, like, yeah. you know, when there's downtime. At a non-recorded table, I'd assume there's a lot of sort of back and forth or, you know, conversations that go on at the table that probably don't happen during a recorded recorded session right yeah i just feel like yeah with the recorded sessions i feel like we're more focused on the game than if we were just to like hang out and i mean there's like a decent amount of us still just like hanging out and talking and like shooting the shit and a lot of that's sorry that's all right (laughs) (laughs) i'm a journalist i cuss regularly um (laughs) All good. Uh, but yeah, I I feel like that's kind of tamed when we know we're like focusing on doing podcast stuff. Nice. So. 
Nice. Have you, during your, uh, so far during your DMing, have you encountered any creatures or monsters or story hooks that you, that are like, oh, I really like this one? Hmm. Um, I don't know. I feel like I've used a golem, uh, a few times just to like keep it into a theme of what my players are going to end up fighting at the end. Um, so like they'll regularly encounter a golem in like all the temples that they go to. Um, and that's always, I feel like super fun for, to, to play. Um, I'm also kind of more prone to give them like traps and, uh, puzzles more than just like straight fights just cause those are more fun to me. Yeah. Um, and I mean, as a player, I'm all about like, I want to fight stuff, fight stuff, fight stuff. Um, but as a DM, I think it's more fun to give people puzzles. So I don't know how that <laughs> differentiates, but um no, puzzles puzzles are great i uh i threw a like a mini dungeon uh at my player group once and like seeing like especially for a combat orientated group to see their minds sort of have to try and change change dynamic to work through a puzzle is really interesting and really fun uh we uh I locked them in a room that was filling up with gas and they had to, uh, they had to think their way out rather than just, you know, try and hit a wall. It was great. Yeah. What sort of traps do you, do you use? Oh, um, all of them. I don't know. Um, cause typically I will set up a situation where there is, at least um, five to 15 locations and each of them have like a different kind of traps and stuff that they have to encounter. Um, I don't know. I don't know if there's any specifically that I like, that's my go-to traps to use on people. Yeah. Um, I think the reset ones are kind of fun sometimes. Um, what, what do you mean by a reset trap? Um, like when they walk into a room and it basic, like if they've cleared a couple rooms and then they walk into a separate room and it transport them, transports them back to the beginning of where they were in a nice, uh, dungeon or whatever. Um, and then they have to do it all over again <laughs> That's and not cool. go into that room. Um, that would be frustrating. Yeah. I, I, I've done that a few times. They still have not like stopped going into those rooms yeah. and i do it in like the same number room each time so i don't know why it's not catching up <laughs> <laughs> not to call people dumb but no i'm just kidding they're not dumb this it's fine no that's there's also a fair amount of drinking each time we play so that's all right to be expected it's not a drama at all but no that's a <laughs> that's a really fun mechanic i'm gonna have to steal that at some point i've used okay. uh i've used a teleporting trap uh-huh. Uh, where they step on a panel and it teleports them out of the dungeon so that player is oh, yeah. no longer in the dungeon at all. Uh, technically, I needed that character out of the dungeon for a reason, so that's why I used it. But I I, I like the idea of separating the party forcefully like that. 
See, I feel like as a player, I've never had it end well when the party was separated. Um, so, so I'm skeptical about doing that to my players, uh, unless they really want to. I don't know. Well, though the the character in question had um, they weren't going to be at the table for a, like a like oh, a month gotcha. or two, gotcha, so okay. uh, I had to I had to get them out of the dungeon for a reason. But uh, they were pretty safe. It it wouldn't have been an issue. They would they would have just been teleported back to town pretty much. Um, so they, it's it's not as if uh, I separated them and it was going to be detrimental in a, in like a dangerous way. But it yeah. just it was fun because then they didn't have that person there in the dungeon with them, and it made it all the more difficult. Um, <laughs> Especially considering they were in a they were in a, a vault, so mm-hmm. they were they were in a dwarven city vault, um, and guarding the vault of all these dwarven tre- treasures was a dragon that was essentially captured as a child and raised in captivity specifically to guard their vault. So, uh, but the the dragon was happy. The, uh, all the dragon wants is gold and shiny things, so right. forever, forever having all those things given to him, pretty much forever, is not a bad way to to live a dragon life. Um, <laughs> but yeah, slowly but surely, it was uh, it was a fun, fun sort of uh, adventure. There was lots of traps. Uh, I think traps, like you said, are fantastic, mm-hmm. fantastic way of. Uh, messing with your players um you don't need to don't need to throw uh don't need to throw a lot of creatures at people sometimes i think uh some dms get get they get stuck on um you know needing to throw ever larger numbers of of creatures at at players and i think Mm -hmm. making them actually think is a a fun way of subverting that yeah agreed um, I think there's like a, I typically try to do like a good balance between making them think to get what they want and making them fight stuff to get what they want. Like um, when I give them bigger creatures to fight, there's a, if you want to like smash it to bits to make something happen, that might be an option. It's going to take you longer. But if you think it through um, and make that effort, then you get somewhere faster um, but it's gonna, I don't know, that process more. Yeah. You need to actually stop and instead of just going, my yeah. character smash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, you need to, need to stop and think for a sec- for a second. If you had any advice to someone that was just wanting to try and get involved as a dungeon master or just starting out, what sort of, what, do you have any, any advice? Um, I would say... Don't overthink it, because um, everybody expects that like their first session is gonna be like this perfect theatrical production. It's not. Go ahead and accept that. Um, and it's one of the great things about being the DM is that nobody else knows what's supposed to happen except for you. So if you mess something up, nobody knows except for you, and just like take it and move on. Or, like, find a way to incorporate... Or if you, like, skip something, find a way to incorporate some it somewhere else. Uh, or that kind of thing. Um, 
Oh, um, I said the other thing that I've been worried about as a DM is like pacing and trying to get people where I want them to be faster. Um, but like, let them enjoy the experience. Like you set up this world, let them live in it, let them experience it. Don't try to push people too far too fast. Uh, which is one of the things I struggle with as a player and a DM, um, is like, I want to get to certain like, um, uh, encounters, whatever, faster than we need to. Uh, and people just want to experience like the world and what's going on around them and seeing what all they can see and enjoying their player, their like characters and stuff. And I think that's just as important as getting to the big boss fight in the end. Yeah, letting letting players enjoy their downtime is super important. Um, there's no need to... Like, if they want to spend a session or two just in town, you know, talking to NPCs, doing a little bit of shopping, you know, exploring the actual environment, let them do that. Um, it, you, you gain nothing by forcing your party ever onward. Like, you can... One, one thing I've, I've done in my campaign is put a not a, a set time limit, but if they want to take downtime, they can, but the world still lives around them. So uh, they went to a job board and checked a job board, and there was a, a job for um, helping out their, hot, their, old, their starter city where they started out. So they could go back there if they wished. They decided, yeah, I don't want to... We're not going to do that. We're going to go and do a couple of other bits and pieces and then we'll come back to it and do it later. That had ramifications. So when they got back, there were uh, their town had been un- overrun by cultists. Uh, so it was worse than had they would have turned up when they did. But I didn't force them to have to go back. You know, there's no uh, there's no point in sort of going. Oh, you should really do that job. You should really go and do that right now. You know, let them let them make their own mistakes. Yeah, and I, yeah, I totally feel that completely. Um, as a player, I would probably disagree with everything I'm saying, but as a DM, I think it's important. <laughs> yeah, uh, as a player, you want to know everything. Yeah. Every, everything right now and don't it don't let it ever be bad <laughs> just only good stuff all the yeah. time uh, that's been good was there anything else you wanted to talk about or do you think you've got it all covered um i think it's mostly all covered were there any other questions that you had for me no nah, i'm all, all good okay. where can where can people find you on the socials um i am at Amy underscore Jostino for Twitter. Um, if you want to listen to the podcast that I'm on, it's uh, at Wild Endeavors on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and I really wish you would because it's so much fun for us to do. Uh, and we're about to start our, uh, it's technically our first campaign, um, but it's about to start up on our podcast for the first time um, within the next couple of months. Um, until then we're going to have different one shots and, uh, backstory kind of stuff. 
and I will be DMing some of those one shots that we're going to have on the that podcast. So you should cool. listen to those. Um, that's where we probably hear the Attack Bunnies and Sharknado uh, pod, uh, one shots. Nice. Very, very nice. Now I'll I'll leave a link to those uh, on the on the episode as well, so people can check those out. Uh, people awesome. can f- no worries, and people can find me at tails underscore dm on Twitter and pretty much anywhere else on most social media platforms. Uh, obviously, uh, thanks for thanks for coming on and having a chat. Yeah, no problem. That was a lot of Anytime. fun. Yeah, I'll leave you to it. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys.